Welcome to Biohackers Lab, a place where we talk to smart people who are figuring out how to improve health in interesting ways. Join us to discover how you can biohack your life, your body, starting today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Biohackers Lab. I'm your host, Gary Kerwin, and on today's episode, I have Michaela Peterson. Michaela runs a blog called Don't Eat That, where she shares her story of her journey dealing with an autoimmune issue and depression. Michaela has an inspiring story of how changing her diet has had a dramatic effect on her physical and mental well-being. Michaela, thanks so much for coming on to today. Thanks for inviting me. So you're blowing up the internet at the moment a little bit because you've got such a great story to share. And it's, as I said in the intro, it's an inspiring story. And that's exactly why I wanted to get you on because you've, I know it's, you've had a dramatic change both in your physical and your mental well-being, but also your family is getting the same. And I think it's, it's nice to be able to share case studies. So in this case, like you are a case study and uh, people can learn from that. So I'm so glad I could get you on to talk about what, what you've been up to. So if you wouldn't mind, um, as, I, as I've already said, there's two components to this. There's the physical and the mental side of things. Could we start off with your physical background story? So just when did you notice that things weren't so good with your body? Well, they actually were never good. Like, um, I, I started walking pretty late. So I was 16 months old when I started walking, which I know people put in the scope of normal, but I think it's probably because the arthritis started early. So I was actually diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis when I was seven, but I was exhibiting symptoms, um, at the age of two. Um, so that was like walking slowly, um, just kind of mopey. Um, when I was seven, I started going down the stairs one foot at a time and complaining that my shoes were too small, but it was because I had like, um, swollen, especially my big toe was really swollen, but I ended up being diagnosed with JRA and I had 37 joints affected. It was like most of my joints, except for my spine, like my jaw, hips, knees, like fingers, toes, ankles, elbows, shoulders. Um, yeah, it, it was, it was almost everything. So that was when I was seven and I was put on immune suppressants when I was eight. I was actually the first kid in Canada to go on, um, Enbrel, which was, a, a bio, which is a biologic and it, well, it was really new back then. That was 1999. Um, so I was on that and that helped a bit. But I still had arthritis. I was I I had um, cortisone injections a number of times. So that was arthritis. And then when I was in grade four or five, um, I can't I can't really separate the depression from the physical ailments because it it just happened at the same time. But in grade five, I was diagnosed with depression, which seems to have run in my family. Um, my dad had it. My grandpa has it. My great grandpa had it. Um, so I was diagnosed with depression, which my parents had been kind of associating with the arthritis, uh, just as mopiness. So they figured it was the arthritis, but it wasn't, it was actually depression. So then I got to middle school, like the depression basically worsened every year. Uh, so my antidepressants went up and up, but in high school, my arthritis got bad enough that I ended up with a hip and an ankle replacement when I was 17 um, from joint deterioration. So I had like no cartilage left in my hip and my ankle and the bone was starting to deteriorate. So I had those two replaced, which was extremely unpleasant. Um, and then like a year after that, the depression worsened again. Then I got to my early twenties and I started gaining weight. Like I moved away from home and I put on 30 pounds in the first year uh, and I was surviving off of like pizza and Mr. Noodles and beer. So looking back, it wasn't surprising, but I was also exercising, which I thought was the key to not gaining weight. So it was surprising and it was a lot like I went from, I was really skinny when I went away to university because I had just had surgeries done. So I was underweight. Uh, I was at 118 and then I went to 148 in a year and a half. Um, and my mental health 
got worse than it's ever been. Um, I started getting like hypomanic episodes. Um, I was sleeping. Oh yeah. I forgot to mention the fatigue. So the fatigue started when I was 14. Um, so that was grade 10 and I just got more tired and more tired and more tired. And then, you know, by grade 12, I would go to class and skip second period and sleep. At one point I was sleeping in the library. There was like a nook in the library that I would go and sleep in. Then I'd wake up for lunch and then after school I would go home and nap. And then I'd stay up like strangely late and then go to bed. And I thought it, I, I knew I was abnormally tired, but I also thought it was part of just a weird sleep schedule. But then I got to university and it got way worse when I gained weight and my depression got worse. And I was sleeping like 18 hours a day. I, I was just sleeping all the time. I had an impossible time during exams because I'd fall asleep in the exam. So it was more like passing out. I thought I had narcolepsy at one point. Um, so I was diagnosed with hyper idiopathic hypersomnia and put on Adderall, which helped a lot. But then I was on a extremely high dose of amphetamines for like two years, which actually led me down the diet path because I could stay awake long enough to do some research and try and figure out what was wrong with me. And then, so when I was 22, things got even worse and my skin started getting affected. And at one point, so I was getting like rashes and like cystic acne type things, but I wasn't able to heal. There was one Christmas before I finally cut out gluten. I was 22 and I went away to my grandparents for Christmas and I was eating, you know, like shortbread every day and my skin stopped healing. And so I had these things that were like sores on my face and I went to the doctor there and they were like, well, it's not bacterial. We don't know what's going on. And I went to another doctor and he didn't know what was going on. And it was like six weeks and I didn't heal. And finally, I went back home and slowly it got better. And it was really scary because my parents had no idea what was going on. I didn't know what was going on. And it was like, is she going to heal? Like, is we we're just waiting. But I healed. And then I, at that point, I was like, I was so depressed. I ha already had severe arthritis depression, like hypersomnia, um, a plethora of like more minor symptoms. Um, and I thought if I don't figure out what's going on, this is just obviously this is just going to get worse and I'm worried it's going to kill me. So I did a whole bunch of research. I did 23andMe, the like genetic testing and found out I had the celiac gene. And I thought, okay, there's a really high, this was after some research, um, false negative for testing for celiac. A lot of people with celiac also have other autoimmune disorders. Maybe my issue is I have celiac disease and that's why I have arthritis. Um, so I cut out, oh yeah, and then I also had the celiac rash that no one had been able to identify, um, which is just an extremely itchy, extremely unpleasant rash that wouldn't go away. So I cut out gluten and nothing really happened. Like I didn't, my skin probably improved 20%. Nothing really happened. And that, um, I did lose a bit of weight though. I lost a bit of weight when that happened. I had upped my like chicken. I had started eating healthier than when I was in university. So I had lost about 10 pounds just from, I guess I should wind, wind back. I went to university. My mental health deteriorated so much that I dropped out and I went back home to live with my parents. And then my diet improved a little bit. I went on Adderall. Um, and things got a bit better, but then my skin stopped healing. Um, uh, anyway, so I, I cut out gluten. It helps a little bit. Um, I moved away from home and I went on an extremely strict elimination diet. And at this point I didn't know anything about paleo or keto or anything. I'd heard of gluten free. I'd probably heard of paleo and keto, but I hadn't looked into it because I tried removing sugar from my diet and I tried going on a candida diet and I tried not eating nightshades. Like I tried a whole bunch of different things and nothing had seemed to help. So I kind of given up on diet. Anyway, I figured why not try an elimination diet? So I tried an elimination diet and it nothing seemed to really be improving. So I tried to reintroduce bananas uh, and almonds and I had a horrible arthritic flare-up where it was like 
I had these banana muffins. And then the next morning, my wrists were sore. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like maybe it was the muffins, but I still had more muffins because they were good. And um, (laughs) these were gluten-free, sugar-free muffins, obviously, dairy-free muffins. It was just the almonds, the bananas that I'd reintroduced. And two days later, I couldn't walk because my knees hurt so much, which was a very abnormal flare. Like I was kept relatively under control with medication and everything. So I couldn't walk. Uh, So I figured, okay, maybe this elimination diet, maybe there's something to it. And at that point, I was eating like mainly meat and vegetables, but I was also eating rice. But I had um, eliminated, you know, soy, processed foods, sugar, dairy, gluten, like everything other than what I listed. And in the first month, I like my, I lost five pounds. I didn't have much to lose at that point. I lost five pounds, but I went down three pants sizes and my skin cleared up and my arthritis went away. And I was like, well, this is a huge improvement. So I tried to reintroduce foods one by one and nothing I couldn't seem to reintroduce anything. Like eventually I found out that rice was bothering me minorly. Um, The the longer I stayed on the diet, the more sensitive I became to some of the foods I was eating that was still, that were still bothering me. Mm -hmm. And it took me another three months to realize that depression was actually being caused by the foods I was eating as well, because I wasn't, I hadn't even thought that that was a possibility. I had thought it was a possibility for the arthritis and the skin, Hmm. but not for the depression and the fatigue. Like I kind of associated those two together for whatever reason. Um, but three months later, my depression went away for the first time ever in my entire life. Like I can't remember feeling like that before. And I went off of my antidepressants in like late November, early December, which isn't a time that you'd normally be able to taper down because it's dark in Canada and my depression had generally worsened in the winter, which now I think was associated with the change in diet. But I tapered down, I went off of them and I felt amazing. And then I reintroduced soy and had the worst depressive experience I've ever experienced um, for a solid month. So then the next year I spent cycling in and out of these horrible depressive experiences that would last, you know, a solid two weeks. And then I would start recovering, but you know, I wouldn't be recovered for about three and a half weeks. And then I'd be like, okay, on to the next food. And I'd introduce another food and it would go horribly. And I didn't know what I was doing at all. So I was just picking random foods that I liked. Like I tried to reintroduce dairy and that twice in two different forms. I tried cheese first and then I tried whey um, just so I could have like easy protein. Um, I tried three and then like, like I said, soy, I tried reintroducing almonds again like I didn't know what was going on and at the same time when my depression had lifted that December I told dad you know hey you have to you have to try this elimination diet like uh he was 218 pounds so he he had been gaining weight he tried going sugar-free he tried not eating dessert nothing had really helped he used to nap for a good solid two hours a day and you know, he had this horrible depression and I thought, okay, well you should try it. Cause my depression went away. This was sl- just before I reintroduced soy and had that horrible depressive experience. So I didn't realize that there were potential like downsides. <laughs> so he went on it and he started losing weight right away. But for the next like year, we both spent just a horrible time in and out of this, these depressive reactions that had somehow changed and possibly gotten worse from, you know, pre-diet times. Um, and I, I don't really have an explanation for that. Like maybe anyway, so he wasn't having a good time, but all his physical symptoms went away. He had GERD, um, and that went away. He stopped snoring. He stopped napping. He lost what he's at like 168 now, which people can think is underweight, but he's stable. It's not. So he, he lost, he went from 218 to 168. Wow. Um, and he looked like he looked so much better. So 
oh, his psoriasis cleared up. He had like minor minor psoriasis on a patch on his foot and that went away. He had numbness in his thighs that went away. Uh, like all his physical symptoms went away except for the severe anxiety. Uh, and that seemed to cycle. It would get better and then it would get worse and then it would get better and get worse. So I eventually gave up on reintroducing foods after about a year of cycling in and out of these horrible experiences and figured, okay, I know I have a list of foods I can eat. I, I would just rather eat those forever and be happy. And then like two weeks after I decided that I got pregnant and that completely changed my body. So then I started reacting to foods on that list. So then I spent the pregnancy fairly depressed, but, but this isn't like, there's still no comparison to how I felt prior to the diet. I was still better physically. I was off all my medications. I wasn't tired, like just passing out all the time. Like everything had improved except for this anxiety. Um, Sorry, Michele. So you're saying uh, this, um, the, the elimination diet that we're talking about at this point is the mainly meat and veg with a little bit of rice. And then you're just playing with different food sources and already th th that is that the stage we're at in the, in your story here? Um, at that point it was meat and vegetables and sweet potatoes. Okay. Uh, there was no grains anymore. I had found out grains were bothersome pretty early on. All I right. realized. I realized rice was a problem. So yeah, we're at the stage where everyone's eating very limited meat, greens, sweet potatoes, like coconut oil, apple cider vinegar, salt, pepper, turmeric. That's basically it. And okay. nobody was cheating. Like that was our diet. There were no cheat days. The anxiety is enough to like deter anybody from cheat days. Uh, but it wasn't good enough. And I could tell like some of my reaction symptoms had come back during the pregnancy. So part of me thought, well, maybe that's just what being pregnant is like, but they were so similar. They were the same symptoms I'd been suffering from before. Like I, I got itchy skin a couple of times and I was like, okay, something I'm eating is bugging me. So then I got rid of the carbs, the sweet potatoes and parsnips. We were, we were eating those and I got rid of those and I felt a little bit better and I, dad got rid of them. He felt a little bit better. So then for the next significant period of time, we were on meat and salad um, and olives. So that was fine. Um, but the anxiety still wasn't going away. So then I had my baby and about four months, I thought, okay, maybe this is just the pregnancy. But after the baby, I felt a bit better and then, but still not to where I had been before. So four months after I had my baby, uh, I got really frustrated because I had experienced this like lack of anxiety and I knew it was out there and I couldn't figure out how to get there again. And dad was not doing well. And that made me feel horrible as well. Um, and I decided to go all meat and I was, I had considered this about a year before that, but I thought going all meat would kill you. <laughs> so I hadn't done it and I was like concerned about it because I'm, I was breastfeeding. Um, and I didn't want to do anything that, you know, would be hard on my daughter at all. So I thought about it. And then I saw, uh, I read up on Charlene Anderson's story. Um, mm -hmm. she, she has a Lyme disease story where she, and she's been eating meat for the last 18 years. I was like, oh, well, that's a good sign that it doesn't kill you. And then I saw Sean Baker on Joe Rogan the same day because I started looking into a carnivorous diet. And he said he'd been doing it for two years. And so that day I stopped eating the salad. And then I started to experience what I think were, well, they were like transitional symptoms or possibly die-off symptoms, something like that. Um, and so I had diarrhea three days in and bloating every time I ate. And I thought, okay, this is stupid. So like on day eight of the carnivore diet, I had a salad again. And my digestion went back to normal like that day. And the next day I woke up and I was itchy and arthritic and anxious, more anxious. And I was like, ugh, okay. So back to the carnivorous diet. And a couple of weeks later, I felt better. Like my uh, anxiety had lessened. I wasn't itchy anymore. My arthritis was under control, like gone under control. 
Um, so then my mom went on it because my mom had been doing pretty much the elimination diet for the last couple of years. And she had, um, arthritis, like osteoarthritis in her knees and in her thumbs. Um, and it hadn't improved with the low carb diet for whatever reason. Um, so she went on the carnivore diet and her arthritis in her knees got better in two weeks. Uh, and her digestion got messed up too at the beginning and then it normalized. So that seemed to have been a normal like side effect of switching over to the carnivorous diet for whatever reason. Uh, anyway, her arthritis went away, which was huge because it hadn't gone away. Uh, and she ended up going skiing. So this is just this recent February. She ended up going skiing for the first time in like seven years in February. So dad was watching that and I was saying, you know, maybe you should just try the carnivorous diet. You're only eating meat and salad. Like it's not that much to give up. You've already given up (laughs) cake and chocolate and, you know, all that stuff. Giving up salad wouldn't be that big a deal. But it took a while to convince him to, to try it. But he kept experiencing this like severe anxiety, especially in the morning. Uh, and it, it's no way to continue on if there's another option. So he went on the carnivorous diet about six weeks ago. And I said, you know, I think you'll start to see improvements in about a month. And in two days, he started feeling better. So he had had one thing I forgot to mention, one of the lingering symptoms he had on the low carb diet was muscle, a feeling of muscle weakness. And it wasn't actual muscle weakness, uh, but it felt like his muscles were weak. And I never experienced this. This was just him. But so he had this muscle weakness and anxiety. And in two days, the muscle weakness lessened and the anxiety lessened. And then he just got better every day. He's still getting better. Like um, I was on a phone call with him this morning and he's actually happy. So when we talked about it, it's been like an exhausting period of three years trying to figure out the stupid anxiety, but the carnivorous diet is what has gotten rid of it for him. And the interesting thing is on the low carb diet, whenever we ate anything that wasn't on this, you know, random list of foods that were safe, um, we had these horrible reactions. Well, dad went out, um, because he's, he's out and about all the time. He has to eat out and he's, we're very careful when we order to tell people, you know, steak, don't put anything on the steak, nothing on the steak. Like we're pretty careful to a paranoid level. And he ordered chicken as well. And he told them not to put anything on it, but it turns out before cooking it, they marinated it and they didn't think that that was important to tell him about. So he ended up having, you know, a marinated chicken. And I was very concerned for the last couple of days that he was going to have one of these horrible depressive reactions. Um, but he seems to have more tolerance. Like he got, he got a bit of lower back pain and that seems to have been it. And it's been four days, like nothing's going to happen. So that's really good news because it seems like, I guess on this carnivorous diet, there's a bit more leeway with what you eat. I mean, obviously a marinated chicken is like minute quantities, but, but still, so it's helped, it's helped every, everyone like a shocking amount. And I don't have any cravings anymore. Like on the low carb diet, I'd pass by a cheesecake shop and I'd be like, ah, (laughs) (laughs) I would, that would be good. Or like maybe going down the grocery aisles, I would see things and be like, you know, kind of attracted to them or whatever, just like what cravings do. And on this uh, meat diet, I don't have those at all, which is really amazing. Um, I'm also, I'm not like, I'm not very hungry. I get hungry, but my hunger is kind of like, I get slow or, and I I just need more fuel. It's not like I feel like I'm starving. Um, And then when I'm full, instead of feeling like stuffed, I just feel like I can't eat anymore. So a whole bunch of things have changed. And like one of the things I, I guess people should know about uh, transitioning, and I experienced it a little bit with the low carb, is the way I think we think about hunger and fullness and everything is completely wrong when we're eating carbs. Like I, I used to eat, um, I used to, when I was eating the standard diet, uh, if I ate something, I would end up 
feeling stuffed, but still hungry. So like physically stuffed, that's not how you should feel, which I didn't realize. So that's one thing. And then when I got hungry, like we used to think we had what uh, hypoglycemia, dad and I, so that w- when we get hungry, it'd be like, we need to eat something now or we're going to get angry. That's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the feeling like I need to eat something right now or bad things are going to happen isn't, isn't normal. So a lot of, from what I've experienced anyway, a lot of what I thought was hunger and what was the feeling of full was just wrong. So many things have changed, but that's a bit of the backstory. Yeah, I mean, for anyone who's just listened to that, that's an incredible story to, you know, to hear how as a young child you were already having the joint issues, then you were you were getting the the mental health changes, and I mean, as you said, as a teenager already having to have replacements, you know, I mean, I've seen the pictures that you've shared with that scar with your your hip replacement. I mean, just that's to go through something like that, you know. You're you're going through a a big issue with your body. You know your body's that's what uh, the autoimmune issue is, where your body is attacking itself. And to to say now, like where you're at the stage where you've been playing with your your diet and you're on an all meat carnivore diet now, and you're not on. I believe you're not on any sort of immunosuppressants or any, no, nothing? no. I, I actually I stopped taking those. Um, so. Just bef- when I cut gluten out, uh, I wanted to see what kind of effects cutting gluten out would have on my joints. So I stopped the immunosuppressants then. Um, so I haven't been on them since 2015. Okay. And you're not, and do you find um, that you're still needing to take any sort of anti inflammatories for pain control or joint swelling or anything like that at oh, this stage? Oh, nothing. I don't have, um, I have a bit of residual joint damage in my right wrist Mm. but that's different than active arthritis it's not active it's joint damage so i'm hoping that'll heal over time but no um i'm so reactive to everything and i ingest that i wouldn't take the pain medication anyways because it wouldn't make me feel good it something would like give me a flare-up but no i don't take any medications and i don't need to yeah and again that's just amazing you know it that's that's again um why I wanted to get you on is just to show that dramatic difference that food can have on your on your body. And I, I've had a previous guest on Amber O'Hearn, and Amber said the same thing. She was struggling with bipolar, and when she went onto yeah. a carnivore diet, it it changed her bipolar, uh, um, you know, dramatically in that sense too. So, I, and when I had Sean Baker on too, we were talking about um, the physical side because Sean's very physical, but here it's just a you know this. It's, I just love these stories where you can see, wow, I just changed what I was eating and, you know, all these good things happened to me. And then, as you said, you mentioned it to your dad. And if, sorry, if anyone who doesn't actually know who your dad is, who's listening, because there's people from all around the world that I know a lot of people should know, but um, your dad is Jordan Peterson and he's a a well-known psychologist, is he? Um, on, on yeah, the- yeah. He wrote um, 12 Rules for Life. Okay. So, he, he's that author. Yeah. And um, yeah, just to say that you got your dad on this and he's also found the change. And I didn't know about your mom. I mean, that's fantastic to hear your mom's able to ski now. But just listening to your story again, you know, I think a lot of people go on that journey with, oh, I think it's gluten, I'll cut the gluten out. But once you start playing with that, you you try to cut lots of different things out and it gets so confusing. And so would you say a, a nice benefit that you found with the carnival diet is just the simplicity of it? It's just like, okay, from an elimination point of view, I'm just eating meat. And then it just makes your life easier. Yeah, yeah. When I first heard about the carnivore diet, um, even though I was reacting to foods and I knew it, I thought maybe it just coincidentally worked because it cut out all the bad things, but it was still missing some of the good things, right? Mm. Like some green vegetables or maybe some root vegetables. Like, But because it was easy, it just worked. And now I'm moving over to the view that it's it just works because I seem to react to everything other than meat. But uh, yeah, it's it's so easy. It makes cooking easy. Like even people who the, I guess one of the problems with the keto diet or the paleo diet is you take people who've never learned how to cook and then say here like good luck. Here are the ingredients and they don't know what to do. Whereas everyone can pretty much fry a piece of meat. Like huh? Mm. You can overcook it, but you're gonna figure it out eventually. It's 
it's pretty easy or stick it in the oven or something. Um, so yeah, this is really simple. And if I had known that it was an option originally, I would have just gone into that because mm-hmm. it was a rough figuring out what you can and can't eat is rough, especially if it turns out you can't eat anything other than meat. <laughs> yeah. And even in that journey you were mentioning the difference between that you felt um, and your dad felt between low carb or a ketogenic diet versus this diet, I think is interesting for people to to hear too, that as you said, there, there was a difference um, yeah. that you even experienced with that. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's interesting because originally I was able to tolerate more before the pregnancy and I've been talking to mothers, um, especially people who've gone through a number of pregnancies. And it looks like through each pregnancy you lose, you can get more and more food sensitivities. So I'm sure something changed. And I think my microbiome, oh yeah, there's evidence actually that your microbiome depletes during pregnancy. Um, so I think that's what happened. I think I probably had a depleted microbiome originally. And then through the pregnancy, it was like, that was it. No more, no more carbs for me (laughs) and um so your diet now are you also mainly on red meat or do you like to experiment with different meats um so one of the things that i couldn't understand but i've heard about it from other people one of the things that happened to me when i switched over to meat is i started not feeling so great with chicken which really sucked because I really like chicken. <laughs> and um, I ate that mostly during the pregnancy, but it started making me dizzy, which I couldn't figure out because I had associated that dizziness with eating carbs and chicken doesn't have any carbs. But I started getting dizzy with chicken, so that scared me. So I was like, oh, now I'm down to one food. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is not good. So um, I've stuck with beef and beef seems great. Uh, I respond the best beef and I don't eat any other meat. Now my dad, my mom eat fish, um, chicken and beef. I think my mom likes beef the best, but they, they eat anything. My husband's actually on the diet too. And he eats pork, chicken, beef, fish. So it's just me that just eats beef, but I'm also like the extremely sensitive one in the family. I mean, um, everybody else has their health symptoms, which are severe, but they're not like joint deterioration at 17 severe. So mm-hmm. I, I'm hope, I think I'm just more sensitive. So yeah, I'm only eating beef. Yeah. And, and salt. Oh, good to hear that. Yeah. Uh, you definitely oh, need yeah. your salt on there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned it when you were early on in your, um, diets that you had the, the sort of the, the gastrointestinal issues, you know, with the the bowel movements. And that's all cleared up because that's always, you know, I I did a 30-day strict carnivore experiment myself and um, that was back in January this year. The biggest question I always got asked was about, you know, are you not going to be constipated or, you know, everyone seems more concerned about the fiber issue, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And would, would, I mean, you've you've been eating it for how long now? Have you been strict carnivore? Oh yeah, uh, since December, like fourteenth or something. So okay. almost months. Yeah, and and yeah, your 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 bowels are fine. Yeah, yeah, man, constipation. I was constipated, and I didn't even know about it because nobody talked. Like we didn't talk about bowel movements at all as a kid. Or my mom kind of like tried to bring it up, but my dad was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I didn't like know I had any digestive problems. But now looking back, I know I was constipated on the regular diet. And then my bowel movements got pretty normal doing low carb. And then I switched over to carnivore and they definitely changed. Like I had, like I said, I had diarrhea and bloating for the first four weeks, but all my, but my anxiety and my arthritis cleared up. So I thought, okay, you know, if this is how it's going to have to be, this is how it's going to have to be. Um, and then at around four weeks, it started getting more normal. And I mean, I can go into it, like just in case people are wondering, because you have to talk about it. Um, I like, I have regular bowel movements like twice a day, I guess. Um, but there's less to it. So I'm absorbing more of what I eat, Mm -hmm. which, which makes sense. 
yeah. but it's pretty it's it's pretty normal now there's definitely no constipation yeah and th- that's also um a, what i i experienced was less output is <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes yeah. and and sean talks about that um about the absorption that when you're eating many meat that it isn't sitting around in you and fermenting and Oh. Yeah, it's it's actually it is leaving your body still, but uh, you're absorbing more. Um, yeah. But but I mean, well done for staying the course in that because I, I think most people think, oh dear, um, you know, something is wrong because of the symptoms you had in the beginning. But as you said, it must have been so confusing when you're going. I feel so good on one hand, but there's this other thing, and wh- yeah. what do I do? Um, well, I did. I tried reintroducing salad. I was like, clearly, my body doesn't like this. This is a stupid idea. But then. Yeah. I got it. I like immediately it's, I guess the symptoms are helpful that way. The next morning my legs were itchy and I was stiff and my anxiety was back. Mm. So there wasn't an option, but yeah, I usually tell people if they're going to give the carnivore diet a try, um, they have to do it for a month because if you do it for two weeks, you stop right in the middle of some transition. I call them transition symptoms. But uh, it takes like a month. And by the time you hit, it's not even a month, really. It's like three weeks. But by the time you hit the three-week three mark-ish, you'll feel better enough that you'll want to continue. But if you stop, especially if you switch over from a high-carb diet, that's going to be like there's going to be some serious metabolic changes. So you want to stick it out and try it for a month, not just like 10 days or 14 days. Hmm. So if you had to do it again from the beginning without knowing what you well knowing what you know now is there anything different you would do when you start started the diet Um I would just go straight into all meat Just trust it I, Yeah I wouldn't have I wouldn't have gone down to low carb like the the interesting thing is I think part I think part of the reason people don't want to go down to all meat is because they They'll miss, they think they'll miss the foods, but the cravings go away. That's the other thing. After three weeks, like something changed and all my cravings disappeared. And once the cravings are gone, then you don't have that attachment to food, to the the other food. So then it doesn't matter that you're eating all meat. So I would have just gone all meat. I mean, it was an extremely painful experience and I didn't need to, the reason I was trying to reintroduce the foods was because mainly because I missed the foods. Mm. Like I loved soy. Soy was like my favorite food. Um, but now that I look back on it, I probably had more of an emotional attachment to it than I should have had. Like, so if you can stick out the month, then you can decide <laughs> like what you think about it. But the emotional attachment and missing those foods, uh, I found just went away completely. Mm. Well, as they say, comfort foods. And so you, yeah. you, pro- you probably associate to different foods with comfort in some sense and thought, oh, maybe I should have it again. Yeah. And I think, yeah, they, they probably make you feel something when you're eating them. Like mm. I know they're like a, at least a bit addictive in some, in some way. Like I, more well, than you know, banana meat. muffins are addictive well <laughs> like i guess i mean banana muffins maybe not but one of the first foods i tried to reintroduce was cheese mm-hmm. and cheese i like tried to reintroduce it and then it had t- turned out i like lost my lactose tolerance within a month uh and so i had a lactose intolerance response which was and i had a lot of cheese so that was extremely painful. And like, I considered going to the hospital, but then I was like, what are they going to do? Like, this is really bad. And then the next day I like bawled because I knew I couldn't eat cheese anymore. <laughs> so yeah, there's some emotional attachment to these foods. Yeah. I'm, I'm joking about the muffins. And I, uh, I, I do know what you mean uh, when you were talking earlier about those muffins and certain foods, you're just like, oh man, that tastes so good. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think what you were saying there about the dairy component too and something like cheese that, yeah, you may, when you're going um, on the carnival diet, you may need to eliminate even something like that, like no cheese on your on your burgers or um, just literally meat. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of the people, like there are a lot of, uh, there are a couple of groups on Facebook, um, Principia Carnivora and Zeroing In on Health, where there are like thousands and thousands of people trying the carnivore diet. 
And a lot of them keep eggs and dairy because it's called, you know, zero carb diet. So you can still eat animal products. Um, for people with autoimmune disorders, I, and, and really for anyone, I think anyway, I don't think dairy is good for people. And I had a really bad response to it, even the lactose free dairy, because I tried pure way, like I tried a whole bunch of different forms, because I really wanted an easy way to eat it. Uh, and I had a horrible depressive reaction to all of them, even in like minute quantities. So I don't even eat butter. Um, but I guess some people can tolerate butter well, but I, I don't do butter because I react to everything. But uh, I don't do eggs or dairy, I just do meat. So I I would suggest going down to just meat. And then after a month, like once you're starting to feel good, you can try and reintroduce those things and then see how they make you feel. Um, but it's also some people too, from what I've read and what I've seen, um, if they're trying to lose weight, some people can have a difficult time losing weight if they keep dairy. Um, otherwise, going to all meat people just see weight fall off. Like it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, I, I had the same myself when I, when I was doing it, I wasn't aiming to lose any weight, but I did, um, yeah. too, which was, which was interesting. Um, yeah. and you, and you do like the fatty cuts of meat. So you, you might have a sirloin steak with a nice bit of marbling on around the edge or, a um, a rump or something like that. Uh, I do ribeye. So You're a okay. Oh yeah, ribeye. Um, <laughs> and ribs. Um, and ribs I've found are actually fattier than the ribeye. I just put them in the oven. Um, I've found the longer I'm on this diet, um, I guess that's one another thing I should mention. When I first started doing it, I was eating about two steaks, two like large solid ribeyes a day. So that's about two pounds of meat a day, and I was only having two meals. Uh, and that was good enough. And then the longer I've been on it, the more I've been eating. So I think something changed, like my ability to digest fat changed. Uh, so I, I can do that more easily. Initially, higher fat uh, cuts would give me diarrhea like right away. And now they don't. So I got better at digesting fat. And now I'm like moving over to more and more fat. So it's not actually the like the protein uh, in this diet that's making me feel good. I don't think, I think it's the fat. So yeah, ribeye ribs. And, um, I've also been actually buying fat trimmings from butchers because they trim all these steaks down and then they have a whole bunch of fat left over. So it's really cheap and it's really good. <laughs> um, and frying that to eat with steaks. So I'm eating less now because I'm eating more fat. So yeah, the fat part, is important mm. like eat the fatty cuts um, but but also if you're having trouble digesting it or if it's making you feel weird it takes a while for your body to to catch up to be able to go from like a low animal fat diet to i guess absorbing that amount of fat i'm not i'm not entirely sure but it took a while for me like yeah. eight weeks maybe mm -hmm. well that's a great tip again there saying um yeah when you're having more of that uh, natural fat on the meat that there's an adaptation kind of like being um, keto ad adaptation that maybe some people will understand but you're saying here even yeah if you're going with the more fatty cuts of meat that you may experience some transition period again to until you can start breaking down that more efficiently yeah and you can start with eating the leaner cuts like if you're not handling fat properly um, you can start with the leaner cuts it's just for me they didn't make me feel as full so I had to eat a lot more, but, um, it was easier on my digestion at the beginning. And now I've been able to slowly go towards more and more fat mm -hmm. and less and less meat really. Yeah. And, uh, I, I have also read that in some of the forms that you were talking about there, that, um, initially depends on your activity levels, uh, too, that people might be eating a lot more, but then if they're not very active, like say someone like Sean, who's weight training very heavily, they don't need to eat as much that it sort of they they cut down on their intake of, of uh, meat per day um so you know you're sharing some great tips here for for people who are maybe considering doing the diet too and um have you then i'm sure you know with your history too you've had other people who've said they've either felt depressed or anxious 
I mean, you've you've mentioned your dad, but um, you probably had others come to you too, and you've said, "Hey, just give it a bash, you know, give it a try." Have you also found that they're having a positive response to the diet too? Yeah, um, I have. Uh, I have some people I talk to on Skype, and it's hard to convince. It depends on the person, but it's hard to convince someone just to go to all meat because we've been taught that you'll literally die. That's what I was taught anyway. So mm-hmm. people go, that's absolutely insane and I'm not doing it. But um, people who are open to it, I've seen really good responses, um, especially with, well, brain fog and weight loss, like right away. Uh, and they do have, you know, I usually get, I usually tell them, you know, give it a try. They give it a try. And then around day eight, which is when I first cracked the first time, they <laughs> email me and go, I think this is a bad idea. Like I'm, you know, I'm tired. What else? My, you know, I don't feel better mentally, like, like all these things. Uh, and I say, just stick it out. And after the first month, people are, people are happy. Weight loss and brain fog and anxiety, especially. Uh, I haven't talked to a lot of people with autoimmune disorders, um, but, oh, uh, I've had pretty good response with ankylosing spondylitis. So that's like arthritis and autoimmune disorder with arthritis in the spine. Um, that's had a, a good response. Um, diabetes I've seen. Um, but I mean, obviously it's all anecdotal, but yeah, I haven't seen any negatives. Um, one of the mistakes people make when they first start is they don't eat enough. So I get a lot of people saying, you know, I feel better. My brain fog's gone. I've lost a ridiculous amount of weight in a short period of time, but I'm really tired. And generally that's because they're not eating enough. So it'll be like, well, they're eating what a regular person would eat in meat if they're also eating carbs. Whereas you you have to really increase your meat. And because um, the hunger and the fullness change, they have a hard time recognizing when they're full or when they're hungry. So yeah, if, if you're getting a whole bunch of these, you know, if you're tired or it, if you don't have enough energy or something, it's probably because you're not eating enough. Dad didn't eat enough for the first month on it. I had to keep giving him more and more food. Be like, look at my plate. Your plate is less and you're six two. You need more food. It's like, well, I'm not hungry. No. Are you full though? Like, can you eat more? It's like, I could it's like, that's hunger. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Um, I had the same issue myself, actually. Uh, I'm 6'3", and um, it was just trying to make sure I ate enough. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's a crazy amount of meat you have to eat, like really, um, unless you eat enough fat. But like I said, it takes a while to be able to digest that. So for the first month, like, yeah, it's unbelievable how much meat you have to eat. Mm. Like, and- yeah. <laughs> And so where are you now? What's your plan with your diet? Are you, do you feel like you want to try ever introduce anything again? Or are you, pro- are you pretty happy now that you think you found the way you want to eat, your way of eating? Yeah, I'm happy. I'm not, I'm, I mean, I haven't been feeling good for long enough to want to risk one of those horrible reactions. Mm. And they're horrible. Like if it was just... <laughs> arthritis uh and even like itchiness and some fatigue that would be one thing but with this mood thing it makes me crazy for like a solid two and a half weeks and then it takes a little bit longer to recover from that so it's not worth it i don't have any cravings grocery shopping is easy i don't spend any time on dishes any time on cooking and i enjoy like intensely enjoy every meal so the downside i would say is when i go out to a restaurant ordering is weird like they're like, they don't, they think you're crazy. So that's not ideal. And, you know, I can't eat out everywhere because a lot of places don't have options that are just beef or just mm-hmm. meat. Um, so socially you take a hit and that's very unfortunate, but there are so many positives that no, I'm not planning on reintroduce any reintroducing anything for a very, very long time. And I don't think, well, dad isn't either. He's feeling really good. Yeah. Why? Well, yeah. It's. Yeah. I mean, when you found your way of eating that's 
where you want to be physically and mentally, then why why tr- try rock the boat? But I'm guessing it must be good fun for you when you go to a barbecue now. You 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 would love to just go right. Let's just cook these cook these ribeyes, and uh, <laughs> you'd be there just you know grilling away. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I can keep, I can cook a mean steak after you cook like 300 steaks or I don't even know how many steaks I've eaten a lot. Uh, (laughs) I'm pretty good at cooking steak. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your story. You know, again, the reason I want to get you on is because you've gone through such, such drastic changes, you know, from, as you said, when you were young with, (laughs) with all these uh, very strong medications, the joint and the mental side of things, and that journey that you went through, as I said, with the low carb, the keto, and then eventually finding the carnivore and all the tips that you did there. So I just want to again say thank you so much for sharing that. Um, How can people keep in touch with you, follow you if they want to find out more about you? Um, I have Instagram that I keep updated. So that's Michaela Peterson. Um, I have a Facebook page, um, so that's the carnivore diet. I snagged that one. Well done. Um, the Facebook page is called, you know, Michaela Peterson, but the, whatever you type in ends in the carnivore diet. Uh, and then, yeah, I have the blog. So I have a newsletter you can subscribe to and I write posts occasionally and people put testimonials up on, you know, how diets change their health, whether it's the low carb diet or the carnivore diet or keto or, you know, just cutting out gluten and dairy or something like that. And do you do any consultations with people when you were talking about the Skype? Do you? Yeah, I do. I have um Patreon and so you can subscribe, subscribe to Patreon and then I'll do monthly like sessions to just, well, help you out and talk about it. Okay. Well, I think that's, again, a nice choice for anyone listening who might relate more and wants to speak to you directly. There's there's that option too. Um, again, thank you, Michaela, so much for coming on and sharing your amazing story. Well, thanks for having me. Uh-huh.